before I begin, I do want to do this one thing. I want to center us on the word. I want to center us by reminding us what's the most important part of a message. I think for a lot of people, what's important for them is new material and depth. Teach me something new or go deep. You know, they want to hear about the Greek and the Hebrew. They want to know all the pneumatology and eschatology. Have you all heard these words? They want all of the ologies involved. We like deep things. And we're at a time where there's so much depth. If you look on YouTube, there is a lesson for every text, thousands of sermons. But I want to encourage you, the importance of a sermon is obedience. Taking something small and adding it into our life. Even the word you gave, you know, when God gives us a word, obedience to that is the most important thing. That's not depth. That's just obedience. You doing something with it. So as I begin, you know, we're reiterating some of the things that we've been talking about. But I reiterate because my hope is that we begin to obey. You know, I, there's two dates that are important in your life. The first date is the day that you were born. What do we call that? birthday, right? And the second day that's important, you want to take a, day, a guess? The second, I think, important day is the day you figure out why you were born. I think each one of us is born for a reason, and we have to engage with, why was I born? I could probably ask 100 people, what's your purpose in life? I would probably say 95 don't have a clear idea. We know generally I need to love God and do His will. But to know what God has for you is your responsibility. Let me encourage you, because that's the question we're dealing with. How do I find my gift? This is an important question. Let me tell you this. I'll tell you this also why it's important. When you live in your purpose and your will, there is higher living. What do I mean by that? You know, why do people like to jump out of a plane? Have you heard of people who do that? They'll go, get into a plane, go up 10,000 feet and jump out with a parachute. Why do they want to do that? The thrill. You feel so alive, right? Because sometimes we can feel not alive. What I want to encourage you is when you find your purpose, there is a higher living there. You're in, like you're so present in a moment. And I can tell you this, honestly, I do believe my calling is speaking and teaching. And there's sometimes that I'm speaking, I'm like, what is this? Like, I'll be saying something, and in my head, I'm like, what's happening right now? Like, it's so much, it's bigger than you. It almost makes you feel like, wow, like God uses us if we allow it. So I want to encourage you right now. The question that we're dealing with, it's an important question. How do you figure out your specific calling in life? The gift that you're meant to give the world. You know, the theme that we've been talking about, one of, the aspects of our church that I want us to be different than every church, every member gives constantly. I'm in the mode of giving. And Hep said it right. You may not be loud. I'm a loud person. I'm going to be loud when I give because I want to give God my, my best and my best is loud. But your job is to give. But one of the best things you can give is the thing that God made for you. He made you so specific. When you can give that, it's the best worship. So last week, y'all remember what we talked about? We, asked, we talked about one aspect of it. I said, who gives us the gift? Y'all remember? Where does this, the, the gift come from? The Spirit gives the gift. 
How do you know you have the Spirit in you? What do you proclaim? Hey, Jesus is Lord. So if you've never come to terms with the idea of who Jesus is, the gift will never come. The first thing you have to do is know who he is in your life and declare that. Because that's the evidence the Spirit is in you and working. We continue thinking, though, how do we add, how do we know the gift that God has for us? But the text that we're looking at is 1 Corinthians 7 verses, 1 Corinthians 12 verses 7 through 11. And it says, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the what? For the what? Common good. We're going to read that. I'm going to read that one more time. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the? For the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So what I see from this text, and this is an important thing, it's verse 7. What is it? It says, To each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And here's what I take from that. Our must be, our perspective must be for the common good and not only for our own good. When we live in that, we find our gift. What do I say? Our perspective must be for the common good and not only for our good. When we live in that, we find our gift. Let me encourage you, all of us have to be thinking about the good of others. That's not how our society thinks today. Most people are thinking for what? Their own good. You think about how much do I have? What is mine? My kingdom? The way what you will find your gift when you start thinking about the good of people. I want to bless others, not just myself. You know, I asked my students this question this week. You know, I always give them a life question on their test. So I'll do 25 questions generally on all of my tests, and number 25 is just a life question. So I'm giving them four points if they answer it. So this week's life question was, if at the age of 80 you get to look back on your life, what would have made a successful life for you? I'm trying to make them think about their future and their life. I was talking to one of my coworkers about it, and he's like 34. He's like, I don't even know the answer to this. Why are you making these 17-year-olds think about this? <laughs> so I, I laughed when he said that, but. You know what the common answer was for most of my students? A good paying job, a family, and to do a house, and to do what made me happy. I want to do, live a life that makes me happy. That's the perspective we live in. And I think for most of us, that's how we think. I'm just trying to survive this life for me. But here's what the Word shares with us. And here, let me encourage you. That we read this word, so it shifts our perspective. Our mindset goes from an earthly way to a heavenly way. And what is God's way? His way is, it's not just about you. 
I've given you for the good of others. And as you live in that mindset, you know what you need to give to people. But we don't live like that. We live thinking about ourselves. See, everybody around us lives for themselves. So to protect ourselves, we live there also. You know, the word, we, I looked up the word common good. He does it for the common good. And the word is simphero. Simphero is the Greek, which means coming together or a bringing together. And so what you learn is when God gives a gift, it brings people together. You see, like a, a symphero, think about like a symphony. A symphony means like each person has a gift, but it comes together for something beautiful. Whenever God has operated and done something, it always came together for something more beautiful than the individual pieces. You look in Genesis when he made creation. You know, he made the sun, which benefits everybody. He made water so we can drink. He gave food and vegetation. And each day, what did he say? My creation is good. But then when all of it was made on the sixth day, he looked and he said, all of it worked together and it was very good. If you read in Genesis, there's a distinguishing thing. You are good by yourself. When you live in your calling, it brings together. There's a coming together. Even you read in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit had come, it equipped them. But what did it make them do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed. All the believers were together and had everything in common. You see, when the Spirit really moves, when God equips you and you understand your gift, it makes you think about the good of everyone, not just your good. So I encourage you, if you don't know your gift yet, shift the perspective. Let the Word guide you to shift that you're not only thinking about yourself. And I do think there's a healthy component of taking care of your needs and looking out for what you need. But don't let that be your only aim. Let it be, when I go into a space, how can I bless someone in this space? How can I honor God in this space? We're thinking about the common good. We're thinking about the common good. You know, I was thinking everything God created is meant for good for someone else. Right? You think about an orange. When is the orange most effective? You know, certain people in here like to eat oranges a lot, right? When is the orange most effective? When we've taken its peels off and we're eating it. When its life is almost taken away is when it's most effective. And you think that's not fair. What a sad orange, right? His life was just meant to be given away. But now let's look at the contrast. This is an orange that's been sitting in my car for two years now. So imagine for a second, what if the orange thought to itself? Think about it. I have a better one. I've had one for five years. For a demonstration. I always know demonstrations are coming. So, no, it's not. Honestly, I was thinking, when will I ever use orange? And this morning, God clearly told me, it's time. <laughs> so, 
So literally, I was thinking, what if the orange thought, okay, I want to just save myself. I want to look good. I need to protect myself. What's happened to the orange? It's useless. It's, it's, it's shrunk. You become a less version of yourself when all you do is think about yourself. And I know plenty of people like that. They were so anointed and blessed by God and all they thought about was themselves. And guess what? They've shrunk. They're ineffective. Your life is meant for others. If you even feel this, this has become hard. And I feel like many times your heart becomes hard when all you think about is yourself. So let me encourage you today. You want to find the gifting that God has for you? Stop just thinking about you. And I know that's hard because you're like, Sam, you don't know what's on my plate right now. But let me encourage you. That's the best thing that you can do. Consider others. You were created for that. You were created to consider others and think about them. I'm just going to give three practical things. I love practical things because hopefully these are obediences that we can take with us throughout the week. The first thing that I want to encourage you is this. Don't compare your gift. You are not competing against others. What is the point of your gift? It's meant to edify somebody else. So stop looking at someone else and saying, my gift is not like theirs. I'm not good enough. Your gift is just meant to help people. I looked in this and it says, to one, some have given this, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the same spirit. So you see, somebody may focus on a wisdom component and someone may focus on a knowledge component. And what if they compared with each other? The wisdom person would say, man, I'm not as knowledgeable as that person. And the knowledge person would say what? I don't have as much wisdom as that person. The point is not to compare with each other. Each one of us is needed. Appreciate the gift of each other. Appreciate each other and each other's gift. We are all made by God with the gift. Even this week, you learn, as each of us live in our gift, it is so encouraging. You know, somebody even this week say, messaged me on Facebook, and they said, I think God has given me a, a gift of visions and dreams. And they said, I just wanted to encourage you for your church. They said, I saw, in my dream, I saw the church filled with 40 young people. They said, not only 40 young people, there's 25 adults and older people there as well. As well. They said, stay faithful because God is doing something with you. They said, you're going to have people from Wiley and Sunnyvale and Garland. And I'm like, what kind of like, what a great dream. You know what I mean? And I, if they thought to themselves, oh, this is nothing. This is not of any value. They would have stopped themselves. But each one of us has a, a gift given by God for a purpose. When I saw that, man, I almost had tears coming down my eyes. It was just like, Man, God sees us. He's seeing us. And you learn when you share your gift with someone, you may be the thing that helps people realize God is seeing them. But if you're comparing yourself and saying, my gift is not good enough, guess what? You may be stopping the work of God in somebody's life. So don't compare yourself. The first thing I read from this text is don't compare yourself. The next two are more just wisdom that I've learned from living from understanding my gift is for others. The next thing I want to say is this, 
practice loving others often. If you know he's given you a gift for others, just give. I think the thing that we don't do and we think I just need some feeling of giving is just give. When you're going into a space, just give. Whatever gift God has given you, just give it. And I think a lot of times we're like, okay, when I'm well equipped in my gift, I'll give it. So God's gift for, for me is teaching. I think God's gift for me is saying hi to people. And it's not like I have to wait till I'm perfect at those things before I do that. You know, I've learned, you know, when I go say hi to my neighbors, like sometimes I'll be like, hey. And you know, like I'm, I'm very bubbly and excited. And I've learned sometimes people don't receive that well. So I've learned, okay, instead of saying, hey, I'm like, hey, how you doing today? Keep it very short. And sometimes that's what people need. Like we're expecting perfection in our gift when we haven't even exercised the gift. Start exercising your gift and your calling becomes better. You express the gift better. But that just takes you being obedient. You got to realize, okay, God has given me something. Let me just share that this week. And I encourage you, the way I think about this is when I enter into a space, I think, what can I give into this space? What can I give into this space? And you know what's interesting is if each one of us really think about it, God will speak to us in unique ways. You know, my, for me, it's like I said, I'll go say hi to people because that's what I needed. But God will speak to, speak to you in your own unique way. So your duty is just to obey. Not to think, okay, is this right? Is this wrong? Try. You know, I, when I talk to my cash, the cashiers, I, I just thought, what can I, I always, when I went to the store, I was like, how can I love people? And so I started to, talking to the cashiers. And it's like, it's a blessing. Like now when I go to Aldi, like they love talking to me. Like I remember once I had a return and he was like, do you want to go check out right now? And there was like lines all the way to the, where the meat was. It was like all the way to the back. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to wait in line. He's like, don't worry, just come with me and I'll, I'll check you out real quick. And I was like, yes, <laughs> it worked. No, it didn't work. But I would say he appreciated me because of what I did. Exercise your gift. Wherever you go think, how can I give in this space? You are created to give. The last thing I'll say is this, and then I'll end. When you are the most hurt or sad, love others. When you are the most overwhelmed and you feel like, I don't know what else to do right now. And you're like, Sam, I want to give, but I just, you don't know the stresses that I'm going through, the pain that I feel. Let me encourage you. I think most of the pain that we feel comes because our eyes are on ourselves. The second we look out, we realize there's a world going through this same hurt that we are. So let me encourage you, when you are feeling the most pain and the most hurt, that's when you need to love others. There, I'll share one story. So they're doing kindness week at our school. So this is just a schools, all schools around America are trying to push kindness in their schools because there's so many people who are mean. And one of the videos that we were asked to show, there was this lady who was in New York and she was feeling the worst. She didn't have any friends. She moved there to, I think, to get into journalism. So she didn't have any friends. No one cared about her. And so she was just so sad. She said that was the most depressed she's ever been. So she was riding the subway and she was just feeling so bad about her life. And she looked over at a lady and she said, that lady looked even worse than she did. 
she just looked so even more sad. So the lady just took out a piece of paper and started writing a letter of hope to that lady. Just saying, someone sees you, someone values you, you're worth something. And she gave the letter. And that lady was so happy. And then guess what happened for the person who wrote it? Her joy increased. So then she started this thing. She put it on her Facebook and she said, if anyone wants a letter or someone who, they know someone who needs a letter, put, give me their address and I love to write them letters. So she spent the next week writing 400 letters to people. She just spent time loving. Now it's a movement. They have, they have people who are on staff to write letters with them. They, they're, they've started an organization and the job is we just want to love people. And she said the craziest part of all of it is her joy and her level of meaning in life has gone up so much. Not from looking at herself more, but looking at let me live in the calling that God has given for me. Sometimes your pain is sometimes where God is calling you. She felt so alone and so sad and needed something. That's exactly where God needed her. So whatever you may be feeling, and if you're feeling so alone or discouraged, insecure about yourself or whatever, maybe that's what God needs of you to love others in. Each one of you are called by God for a purpose. This is not a light statement. This is God speaking to you right now. God has a purpose for you. Not something cheap. He has such, you know, when he made everything, he made everything with a purpose. You think you're any different? If he made a peacock that looks so beautiful just for beauty, he's made you for something. And right now, we're just going to take a second to listen to God and ask God, God, guide me. God, let my perspective shift from myself to you. Let my perspective shift from myself for the common good. Let me bless the life of those around me. And Justina is going to come forward. We're going to sing a quick chorus. And the chorus says this, I give myself away so you can use me. What a heavy chorus to say. I give myself away, God. I'm stopping looking at myself and my need. God, I'm looking at your want and the need of those around me. And I don't want you right now to do this in a cheap way. You know, it's so easy to do cheap things or to say cheap things. But I want you, if you mean it, to just say, God, I give myself away. My desires, my wants, my everything, God, I give it away. You know, the bridge says, my life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself to you. And that may mean you have to go through hardships and pain and struggles. But let me encourage you, that is the call of God for you. He wants you to give yourself for Him and for the needs of others. So let me just summarize. 
How do you find your gift? Take your eyes off yourself and let your eyes be focused on God and the need of others. And as you live in that perspective, you will find the gift that God has for you. We all have a calling from God. Let me encourage you. If you are here, you have a calling of God. So live in that. Do what He needs of you. As always, the goal of our church is we want a group who look like Jesus. Not about ourselves, not for our glory, so that we can just be the hands and the feet of Jesus. So that many can come to know Him and that this world can be better.